Hi, everyone. I'm Ali Hassan. And on behalf of myself and Marco Timpano, we wanted to start today's episode by saying that we honor the long history of welcoming by many Indigenous nations of all of us to this beautiful territory. And we uphold and uplift the voices and values of our host nation. Let's get the show started. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Hello and happy Canada Day. I don't know why I said happy, like happy, but it's, it, listen, happy Canada Day. I'm very, very excited. I'm pumped for you. Some of you are just finding out right now that July 1st is Canada Day. And that's, that's great too, because myself, Ali Hassan, and my, my buddy over here, Marco Timpano, uh, we entertain, we inform and we um, we educate, and maybe, yeah, maybe and, this and, is an education of sorts. And you know, Ali, we talk about food, we talk about drink, we have good times, we upset people, we do everything. We, we do got everything. A, we got a little bit of everything you for know. everybody, and a little bit of nothing for nobody. Exactly. This is uh, this podcast is delicious, by the way. And today, uh, pretty pumped up because we are going. Uh, we're doing. We're each doing our top ten. Um, Favorite Canadian foods? I don't even know if it's favorites, Marco. It's just stuff you should know about. At least that's what I picked. I Listen. picked a, a, 10, a 10 things that you should know about if you're going to be eating across Canada. When it comes to culinary delights, Canada is rarely on the top of people's list worldwide, right? Like, when you think of food, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, there's yeah. a high association with French food, Italian food, spicy food, Mexican food, Indian food, Asian, Chinese, Vietnamese. Those all make it to the top 10, tens of people's list. Greek food, you know, South American food, like all those are easily hey, identified. Gump, we get it. A bunch yeah, of foods yeah. make it to the list. Even American food Jesus Christ. tends to make it before you ever think of Canadian food, right? And so we here, for our international listeners in particular, are going to present to you some of the best from our nation. And, and also calling back to what Marco said yeah. about sometimes we upset people, this yeah. might be a little bit upsetting to uh, some of our Canadians who are like, how could you not have this on the list? You know what? Create your own list. How about or, that? Huh? Or Listen. We got social media handles. Yes. We got Instagram. We have Twitter. Let us know you're upset. Let us know what we missed. And maybe we'll mention it. Maybe we'll mention it on another episode. I, I can't guarantee anything. Uh, at this pod is delicious. Is that right? This yeah, pod. that's on. Yeah, that's on. You can write uh, this podcast is delicious on either social media or on all social medias and ours will come up. So, but yeah, yeah. this pot is, is delicious is uh, one of our social media handles. Yeah. Find us and, yeah. uh, and love us. Yeah. Love us, man. Show the <laughs> yeah, love. love. Tell us. your friends about our podcast. It's a good time. It's a yeah, good time. I stand by this podcast. I, you know, there's some podcasts. Uh, I don't really stand by them. Sure. Sure. Even though I'm part of them. Yeah. That's not true. I love all my podcasts, but uh, but but this one is is great. We have an excellent time. I still miss touching your face. Listen, we need to we it. need to bring that back. Yeah, You're you said it, buddy. Now it's recorded. Now you it's listen. Anytime want you want to come, my fingers in your mouth. Just I don't want that. that. Nobody well, wants that. Just, Nobody wants that. It's, it felt like you were suggesting that you were comfortable with that again. I'm comfortable with it. I'm not happy about it, but yeah, let's uh, let's, I've, let's. I've read a bunch of emails. People were like, "Bring back." What's okay. in Marco's mouth? Okay. And um, okay. yeah, I think we got to do it. All for right. The Get set, folks. We'll we'll make that happen really soon. So, but, but today for now, is, what's in Marco's heart is what yes. we're doing. Yes. It's July 1st. It's Canada Day. 
you know, people are going to be setting off fireworks. I'm not a big fan of that, but I am a big fan of eating and drinking. And that's what I'll be doing today. Fantastic. I don't think anybody had any doubt about that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't strike me as a fireworks guy. People listen to the show for a few minutes. They're like, that guy, that guy no. would hurt himself with a firework. I got all the fireworks I need inside. All right. All <laughs> I felt right. like it was going to be a filthy comment, but you, no, kept it, no. <laughs> you kept it really nice and Canada Day family friendly. Okay. So Ali, yes. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to explain stuff to people on my side as if they never encountered these dishes. All right. And that might, some people listening who are Canadians are going to be like, yeah, yeah, I know what that is. But for those who have never heard of it, I'm going to really kind of like break it down. So do you want me to start or should I start? Break it down for us, fellas. All right. So we're going to do uh top 10 uh, Canadian food to start with, right? Yeah. My friend. One of my favorite things of all times, I could eat it. I could eat multiple multiples of this every single day and never get tired of it. Wow. It is the humble butter tart. Okay. If you've never had a butter tart, it's like you had it held a tart to the sky and God placed his finger and it, and it shone brightly. Okay. It's sweet pastry oh oh filled with a gooey mixture of butter, sugar, and eggs, and it, it, I, I, if they're not gooey, don't present it to me. And they often contain, in the classic recipe, raisins, which a lot of people get upset with, like my wife, if she has a butter tart and a raisin is in there. I say deal with it. I love a raisin in my butter tart. Or sometimes they have pecans on the top. The closest thing I can compare it to for our listeners in the U.S. is a classic pecan pie. Picture that gooeyness a little bit more gooey in a pastry uh, pastry shell, and it's out of this world. That's all I have to say. Butter tart. L- butter, let me ask you tart. this before yeah. you fully put the nail in the coffin of yeah. that's all I have to say. Yeah. Where do you rank butter tarts uh, up against the Portuguese Portuguese uh, pastéis de nata? What do you? How do you listen, feel about? Listen, listen. Yeah. I I could eat those two every day. I'll be honest with you. I you know I will not. <laughs> I, I will I will slag the Portuguese on many things, especially when it comes to soccer. But when it comes to their pastries, no, my friend, I love Portuguese pastries. But my heart says. It belongs to butter tart. That's just how it is. That's also that's the, uh, that's the arterial, arterial sclerosis speaking. But anyway, okay. So that's yeah, number yeah. one, butter tarts. Yeah. What's next, buddy? You want me to go next or did you want to do one next? I don't care. I, I'm a, let's keep you going. Okay. Let's keep okay. you going. Let's All right. roll. I don't want to cut so, into your energy. Listen, you know, I got a sweet tooth. You know, I, if, it, if sugar runs in my veins <laughs> and when you think things can't get sweeter than the butter tart, you just got to head West, my friend, as they told Marco Polo, head West and get yourself a Nanaimo bar. And for those of you who aren't familiar, familiar, Nanaimo is an island off the coast of British Columbia, belongs to British Columbia. And this bar is a no-bake dessert. And I'm not a huge fan of no-bake desserts, I'll tell you that much. But when it comes to the Nanaimo, Nanaimo bar, all things are off the table and in my mouth. It's made with chocolate, coconut crumb base, custard-flavored layer, 
but it's like a thicker custard, almost like a custard that that curdled itself and decided to be be solid. And a layer of chocolate ganache on the top for good measure in case you haven't gone into a sugar coma. One of the sweetest things you'll ever have in your entire life. The Nanaimo, Nanaimo bar. God's gift to me, Canada, and Nanaimo, the island itself. It is fantastic. That's all. If you haven't had one, look it up. It's in and too bad for you if you can't access it. If it does, it's not available where you are, that's just too bad. That's it. Come to Canada. What can I say? I was uh, I was giggling out of the gate uh, because uh, Marco basically presented his love for Nanaimo bars like he was uh, doing a rendition of Hamlet on stage. If you could only seen the hands swinging, the mouth raised. I mean, if that doesn't peak the speakers here, uh, if that doesn't blow out the, um, the audio, I'm not sure what will also, I mean, I've never heard somebody pronounce Nanaimo incorrectly that many times in, in such a short period. Nanaimo. That's what I said. You you went Namimo a bunch of times. Uh, you, listen, you can't even. You're like you blacked out. You can't even remember what you were doing. Uh, the it's number true. of times you messed it's up. True. It doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter. Your passion came through, and I love it. I and and I will say uh, at the risk of angering you, which I'm always keen to do. Yeah, yeah. I it's could true. live the rest of my life without a Nanaimo bar, and and be very very happy. Way too sweet. Just um, just the highway. To diabetes in my mind. Can't do it. Uh, you know, I don't understand you. I don't understand. I just don't understand. What can I say? But have you been to Nanaimo, the island? I have. I was there and? recently in April. And? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was uh, pouring rain. <laughs> it was, is it, it beautiful? To me, in my mind, I've never been there. It's a beautiful island. Yeah, it's very nice. You know? I, took the, I took the ferry from, uh, from, from uh, British Columbia over to Nanaimo, you dock in Nanaimo. So I yeah. was there, drove around the city a little bit, but it was just such a crazy rainy windy, windy day that effectively I should say I haven't even been there. Cause I, I couldn't uh, enjoy anything, but, but it is, I mean, it's, it's gorgeous. You could have enjoyed a bar. BC. You could have enjoyed a Nanaimo no, bar. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Don't want that diabetes. All right. Let me go to my number three. Okay. Quintessentially Canadian um, is Bannock, B-A-N-N-O-C-K, (laughs) Bannock. Something without Um, too much sugar in it. No, no. It's a type of of bread or flatbread that has been traditionally made by indigenous peoples in Canada, and it's often cooked over an open fire. And uh, Ali, I just had it recently too, um, and in Timmins, Ontario, and it's fantastic. Uh, You know, it is... It is a bread in the classic sense of the word. It it it, it it's multifunctional. You can you can. I, I had it with a sauce. I was like using it to, to in my stew. I was using it to to eat some of my stew, and uh, you know, much like a flatbread uh, or, or or other flatbreads that you've seen in South America, it it is a functional, purposeful bread. And uh, quintessentially Canadian. I, I, I've never made it. I'd love to learn how to make it, but um, uh, it's on our list for sure. It has to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. Ali, here comes number four for me. Canadian bacon. Now, the interesting thing is we in Canada do not call it Canadian bacon. No, we don't. You say Canadian bacon to us and we're like, what is that? Bacon? But Canadian bacon isn't the bacon that, like, if you say bacon to us or Canadian bacon, we don't think, oh, back bacon, 
That's what it is. We call it back bacon. So we don't yeah. call or, Canadian or bacon pea meal. or pea meal bacon. Yeah. Actually, that's what I know it best by pea meal bacon with the bright orange. I guess it's cornmeal or pea meal over the top yeah. of it or whatever. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. It's a lean and smoked pork product that is typically cut from the loin of the pig and enjoyed at breakfast. So it's leaner than obviously classic bacon. Um, and, you know, we just to add on this, we make a female bacon sandwich. That's something quintessentially Canadian made with a quintessentially Canadian or it's, a, it's I don't know if it's quintessentially Canadian. I just feel like it was named Canadian bacon by the Americans and now we've claimed it for our own. Um, and we have it in sandwiches in a Kaiser in a Kaiser roll, a little bit of Canadian uh, female bra- bacon and off you go. Hey, could you say quintessentially one more yeah, time? Just quintessentially. So, so quintessentially. I, do you not put an egg in that sandwich? Well, I guess you, you would, yeah. do, do you do. Oh no. You personally, would you just have a Kaiser and pea meal? I know that's a thing. Yeah. I would feel like it warrants an egg I, I, or, or warrants merits, merits begs egg. for, you know, I, I would L- love an egg in there. Listen, an egg's not going to offend me if it's in my pea meal bacon uh, Thank sandwich. God. I, was, I, was, I was worried. Yeah. But I feel like when I go to St. I, I know the pea meal bacon for, if, when I'm at St. Lawrence market in Toronto, yeah. uh, there's a lot of stands that make it. Yeah. I and think so, that's eggless. Yeah. And as well, I think at the X, the exhibition, uh, which is a um, stadium here in Toronto, once again, in the fall where you can go and there's all kinds of little food trucks and whatnot. I think they make it without the egg, but I'm, I listen, I'm on board with the egg. No worries. Okay. Poof. Thank God. Glad we got that out of the way. Would hate to okay. serve you an egg and, and upset you. No, you'll never upset me if you serve me an egg. <laughs> um, fifth on my list, and I think this one almost goes without saying, this is uh, the predictable one that I think if you speak to anyone about Canada, the, the food item that people most associated with our country is maple syrup. We are the world's leading producer of maple syrup. I know Vermont wants to talk about it. Maine wants to talk about it. But stay in your lane. Take a step back. That's where we are number one. Uh, It is derived from the sap of maple trees and used as a sweet topping or an ingredient in many dishes, including cocktails, which you'll hear about in a little bit. But, uh, you know, I don't think there is a Canadian child who hasn't at some point uh, gone with their school to tap a tree or see the liquid that drink, drips out of it, or who's seen someone pour maple syrup well, on snow. In certain provinces, I don't know if that's an option, Marco, right? Not everybody gets to do that. Yeah, but you didn't let me finish what I was saying. Okay. 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 I said, okay. Right. okay. I said, tap a tree. Fair enough. Ontario, Quebec, New Brunswick. Uh, you're going to see that for sure. Nova Scotia. But in other places, and let me ask you this, Ali, have you ever seen this? And I know he's going to hide behind the, it's too sweet for me kind of, kind of shtick, but have you ever seen <laughs> someone take hot, hot maple syrup, pour it over snow, then take a stick and wrap the, the, the maple syrup into the stick as a chewy, uh, taffy on a stick? No, Marco, I haven't. Cause I was born yesterday. Of course I have. What are you okay. talking about? Good okay. Lord. I grew up in okay. Montreal my entire life. What are you saying? Okay. Actually, that's not true. You grew up in New Brunswick for a bit no. of your life. For born a pinch in of your New life. Brunswick. A pinch. 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 A p
a dash, yeah, a dash of your lesson. Yeah, Listen, a little essence. Sometimes it's the dash that makes the dish. All right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, dude, we we would go skiing, and sometimes at the top right. of the ski hill, you get the taffy at Mont Tremblant. Thank you. You go on a school trip, you get the taffy, and it's uh, it's quite something. It's a very thick, hot version of this yeah. syrup, and we roll it around in that ice, and it's uh, you got yourself the world's best uh lollipop slash yeah. popsicle yeah yeah no, it's fantastic yeah yeah, yeah I'm and i would argue that um if you if you live in canada and you're a kid and you don't have access to maple trees canadian maples um or the sugar maple tree where that that comes from um you'd you've probably seen or experienced this taffy which of which we speak and our listeners in california are saying why are they arguing over something that sounds ridiculous but yes that is <laughs> That is one of the things. <laughs> and Ali, okay, I know, once again, I know you don't like sweet things, but doesn't it feel like a slap in the face when you go to a restaurant uh, for breakfast or brunch and they serve you um, pancakes and then they don't give you maple syrup? They give you that, you know, liquid sugar that looks like maple syrup garbage. You know, the thing is, I haven't ordered pancakes in a restaurant in 25 years i don't know i just i enjoy being an adult sometimes so i guess that's why i know i know how to make my own pancakes which take zero effort i'm just joking i've never seen that happen i've been at at the table with many pancake orderers and god forbid the maple syrup arrived that's weird like you've never seen what did you expect me to do with this well there's those sometimes they just give you these packets Ah, of fake maple syrup that feels yeah, like a or even vibe. some even some like you know greasy spoons where you order. Sure. Uh, yeah, they don't give you real maple syrup. I to me, I'd rather you punch me in the face. But anyways, all right, that, that's my top <laughs> five. That's your top five food. So I'm going to give you my <laughs> top five, and then we're going <laughs> to flip to your drinks. Okay, right? so great, great. Mine is a little bit. Look, this is what's in my heart. Some of you sure. are going to be like, "You're wrong," and look, I can't be wrong. I cannot. This is what's in my heart. I all oh, you know, Canada is. And I and I do believe this that you know Canada's strength and when people come here they're like man I can't believe how many languages I hear spoken and how much you know a different culture there is and community and so it's you know I'd be remiss not to start with this and I think you know I wanted to have some food that we we refer to as ethnic food sure because we are an ethnic country 100% but it's different you know I can't say jerk chicken even though hundreds of thousands of Canadians have eaten jerk chicken today Right. Um, because it's still from Jamaica. It's made right. in Jamaica. I can't say butter chicken. It's uh, a bastardized version of an Indian dish that's made, you know, in different parts sure. of the world. But I can say Canadian Chinese food. And I'm going to add oh, something oh. to that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to add something to that because there's a very interesting story here that many people won't uh, won't um, know or, or or might not appreciate. Chinese food here in Canada, and and the reason I also bring up Chinese food is because that there's hardly a city or town, and even a village in this in this country where you don't find a Chinese restaurant. The Chinese have left their mark on this country. They were deeply, deeply uh, humiliated yep. uh, by uh, by a particular act many years ago, and it has. A, it's very interesting. It's called the. It was called the Chinese Immigration Act in 1923. That is a complete misnomer. the The name of it, you know, in, in common parlance, was the Chinese Exclusion Act, which is the right. appropriate way. And for the Chinese, it was known as the Chinese Humiliation Act. Right. 
Um, and, and the reason it's humiliating is because Chinese came here, you know, helped build the railway. They were working with, you know, uh, mill workers and, and, and loggers and, and they were, they were, they helped build this country and they were shown the door. Many of them died building the railway. They had, they were given the most dangerous of dangerous jobs, uh, to do, to build the railway with explosives and whatnot. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's. It's something not to be forgotten. That's for sure. Exactly. So, so by the late forties, that act was repealed and, uh, and the way they excluded people is by having very strict laws and how many, which type of Chinese people could would sure. come, you know, can only be students or can only be a specific type of merchant. They can't bring their family. Uh, if they want to bring their family, they have to pay this much money to do it. Um, um, you know, an amount that was like, uh, you know, prohibitively uh, high. Um, but then the Chinese restaurants started opening and people were able to bring their families. And so there has become this sort of Chinese cuisine, uh, you know, native to Canada. So a lot of people will know uh, sweet and sour chicken balls. This is not something served in China. It's right. a Canadianized version of uh, sweet and sour pork, possibly. You know, there's a green onion cake that's a dish in Edmonton. Uh, a restaurateur brought those. Uh, this is a northern Chinese delicacy. Then, then they started eating in Edmonton. There's uh, peanut butter dumplings that I've had in uh, Hunan dumplings. We've had in Montreal. But the one I want to showcase is ginger beef. Oh, and yes. ginger beef is known, you know, across Canada at this point. But it is especially known in in Alberta and the prairies. And it's believed to be the invention is traced back to the silver inn in calgary in the mid 70s and it's this strips of beef deep fried and then coated in a dark sweet sauce with with ginger with garlic sometimes uh, hot peppers and onions and it's uh, it's fantastic and i think I, I bring that to the the top of my list. I had no idea that was a chinese canadian dish i thought it was just a you know chinese dish i'm so proud to know that because it's one of my favorite things to order well, you shouldn't be proud of your ignorance, Marco, but Listen. I'm uh, I'm proud that you're a friend who just learned something. <laughs> okay. And the reason I started with that, the reason I started with that is because my next two things are from Quebec. And I knew okay. you were going to rip into me and be like, ah, this guy with his Quebec propaganda. Um, and this is not easy. I could have had a whole list of Quebec sure. things, but I'm trying to be a Canadian person on Canada day. And I right. want to have a variety of things. So, okay. um, you know, I could have said tortilla. I could have said maple yes. syrup. I did yes. not teen. I did not say, Oh no. yes. Oh, I'm going with two, two things oh that are God. so near and okay. dear. To my was, I'll tell you why poutine has been bastardized across this country. Everybody's oh, having bad versions of it. The Montreal bagel. Oh, okay. Now yeah. I, Again, people have had bastardized versions of the bagel. They, uh, you know, I've talked about this on this podcast. You're sure. eating a Kaiser bun with a hole in it, and you're like, "You want a bagel?" I'm like, "I want to murder you in cold yeah, blood." There's a bunch a of reasons. No. <laughs> um, Montreal bagels, very distinct style. Um, they are smaller, slightly sweeter than New York bagels. They are denser, yeah, and they're delicious. And and the best way to eat them, you stand there and get them hot out of. Uh, a, a, a brick oven on St. Viator or yes. Fairmont in Montreal, and you eat them while they're still warm in the bag and nothing beats that. You can eat that without anything, or you can put, you know, butter or cream cheese. By the time it's the next day, you're already, I personally, I'm, I'm toasting them. 
Um, but I, I think the Montreal bagel, so many people should, should, should be, you know, better versed in, in what a bagel is. That's the pinnacle. That's the mountaintop. And then everything else has fallen off. Pales in comparison. I agree with you. I I, I agree with you. I told you about the story when my sister-in-law took my Montreal style, my Montreal bagels that I brought home from Montreal and sliced every one of them and then put them in the bag and froze them for me as if she was doing me a favor. And it was like she took that knife and drove it deep in my heart. And it's like my like if you haven't had um, Montreal bagel um, and you like bagels, it's a must. So I ask you, what do you like with your Montreal bagel? Is it sesame seeds, poppy seeds, plain or other? I'll go. I'll go sesame seeds yeah. over anything else. That seems to be what they I really like what, it, yeah. what the classic version is, right? Yeah. 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 And there are these everything bagels and and that's for the the the, the child inside you, but really sure. you, you need to have uh, you, you can't be living the entire rest of your life with an everything bagel and no. have some respect for ourselves. Yeah. Third thing on the list again okay. Quebecois is a steamy. Do you know what a steamy is, my friend? Is it a hot dog? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's a, it's a Montreal hot dog. Okay. And I've had hot dogs. I'm not really proud to say this, but I've had hot dogs in many cities across North America. I've had hot dogs in Europe. Uh, the hot dog, the steamy. Yes. And and I, I really love it. It's, it's very close cousin, the toasty. But the steamy <laughs> is a very fresh, small hot dog bun with a hot dog inside. And then you have mustard. And you have coleslaw in there. You can have relish. That's an option, but there is no ketchup on the hot dog. And in that that coleslaw, sometimes there's also onions. So this this is how I like it. Mustard and onions and coleslaw. And when you go to these Montreal institutions like La Fleur or La Belle Provence, nobody's giving you ketchup. It's really like it's just not the way it's done. And that's how I tried to train my kids to eat a hot dog. Do it Quebec style. Wow. Um, but it's a small hot dog. It's a small bun. It is not uncommon for people to eat three, you know. Right. But the toasty is a little bit of butter on the side of the buns, and then you toast that bun. And so it's very soft inside. And it's got a little crisp bite on the outside. And for me, oh, God, my mouth is watering. Oh, my God. Talk about wet. But, uh, yeah, talk about wet. No. <laughs> Toasty and crispy. Okay. Wow. Um, those are those are th- that's something that if you're going to Quebec, order a steamy and see what you think. Do not ask for ketchup on it. I, I have not had a steamy to the best of my knowledge or oh, a toasty. Boy. Well, then we're talking about the right thing. Wow. Here. Um, yeah. I'm going to uh, I'm going to lump, lump four and five in 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 one category. Okay. Seafood, Canadian seafood. Okay, okay. And we, okay. I want us to do an episode, Marco. We've okay. talked about this. You have talked about this. Um, you know, we'll bring this up on our list of seafood, and I'll go through some of the the, sure. the, the recipes that I love here. But for me, the tops are Arctic char, Atlantic lobster, Pacific salmon. Okay, wow. Those are the Jesus. tops. Okay. Yeah, Jesus, he says, huh? Jesus. <laughs> I wasn't expecting three. I wasn't expecting. I know. I had to cram roll. the three in the two. I was, like, I, I was like, Jesus. Okay. Okay. Like, considering how we're going to be doing a, an episode on Canadian fish, you decided to migrate them here too. Let me just tell you something. Mowing they're the grass there. twice. Mowing the grass they're twice. They're in there. Okay. I okay. tell you nothing else about them. Okay. Just to tease our audience. That oh my when God. you tune into our next episode, 
Now we have to do it for our next episode. When you tune into our okay. next episode, sure. I will give you recipes that I love about each of them. I will tell you why I love one type of salmon okay. salmon more than the other. Right. And I'll tell you, you know, what's the greatest way to eat lobster. And uh, yeah, it'll be great. Yeah. But don't you think we need to mention what char is? Because char is caught in Northern Canadian waters, right? Not everybody knows what a char is. Or do you just want to leave it on the plate like that? Tune in next week. I want to leave it to and Arctic, char. Arctic char. It's okay. a type of fish. It's okay. a cold water okay. fish. Okay. It's fantastic. Okay. And I, uh, I love it. Delicate flavor. And there's yes. a, one particular spice which is not indigenous to this oh, country snap. that we use. On, and so I will tell you about okay. that. Okay. I love it. Listen, weeks listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to disparage either of those two because they're uh, both probably in my top, top four favorite fish. Okay. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So I have, a, I have a couple more things, but let's okay. go to you. You're going for some drinks. Okay. I had some yeah. drinks as well. So great. Oh, good. That's awesome. Okay. So. Ali, what I did was I made the top five Canadian cocktails and I've put them, I've ranked them in order. Okay. Now our listeners who are going to be listening, you may have heard these cocktails on our episodes before where I really went in depth with them. Some of them have appeared on past episodes. If it is intriguing to you, I invite you to go listen to our past episodes to find out how to make it properly. I'm not going to go into how to make it, but I'm just going to tell you what my top five are. All right. Are you ready? Number five, Ali, this is going to cause a bit of controversy because this cocktail was not invented in Canada, like many of our other ones, rather was invented by a bartender in New York City in 2008. His name, Sam Ross. It was created for the opening of the Violet Hour, a, a remarkable bar in Chicago. He's a New York bartender. And the drink was named after a popular song at the time in 2008 by MIA. And the song was called or is called Paper Planes. And therefore, (laughs) this cocktail, the Paper Plane. So why does the Paper Plane end up in my top five? Well, this cocktail that was created by a New York bartender for Chicago never really caught on there. But somehow it caught on huge in Toronto. And it became the cocktail of our city. And it's immensely popular. And even Sam Ross is like, I don't know what it is with Torontonians, why they love this cocktail, but it really resonated. So that's why it ended up on my uh, top five. The recipe is uh, equal parts of bourbon, Aperol, Amaro Nonino, which is a type of uh, Amaro, uh, and um, lemon juice. You shake that bad boy out, with ice, strain it in a coupe glass. It's a beautiful orange pinky color. You, you put a little bit of uh, orange zest on it. And Bob is your uncle. It's a beautiful, wonderful cocktail. Paper plane, number five. Okay. I All right. We, we go from Toronto to your part of Canada with the caribou. It's a French-Canadian twist on mulled wine. It's enjoyed during the annual Quebec Winter Carnival. In Quebec City, it combines red wine, rye whiskey, um, or some people say call it Canadian whiskey, and maple syrup. And it has a touch of sweetness in this mulled wine. And the beverage has its roots in old fur trapper recipes. So that's where we found it involving whiskey and caribou blood, if you can believe it. That's where it gets its name, the caribou. It can be served hot with spices or chilled in 
an ice glass, as is traditionally found at the Quebec festivals. It is also a closely guarded family secret for many people. Uh, The caribou is cherished by local Quebecers. The recipe is basically one cup red wine, a quarter cup brandy, a quarter cup maple syrup. Heat those ingredients in in a saucepan and then add a cinnamon stick for garnish. And that's the caribou. Have you ever had that drink, my friend? I have not. Oh, you have not, eh? No way. It's a great cocktail, man. Okay, man. I mean, okay. I, well, you're I believe to... you. I, there's no there's no doubt. I just, I'm surprised, I but you're from there. Quebec. You said it earlier that, you know, that's your place. That's what made you all this other business. And you've never had the caribou. Mm. I don't know if I believe it. Okay. You know, sometimes we drink a lot and at night we'd order things <laughs> that we don't remember ordering. So let's say maybe I have it. It okay. makes you feel better. Well, if you haven't, get on it. Okay. You still have some hours before July 1st is over. Number three, the B-52. Yes. Uh, you know, I discovered that it was a Canadian uh, shot. It's not a, you could say it's a shot, not a cocktail. I would say it's a cocktail because of the amount of dexterity that is needed to make it. But I was surprised to know to learn that it was made here in Canada. And it, it was not named after the World War II bomber, as some people think, but rather it was named after the new wave band, the B-52s. It was created by visionary mixologist Peter Fitch in Banff, Alberta, one of the most beautiful parts of this nation. If you haven't been there and you want to go somewhere beautiful, I recommend Banff in the 70s. And this after-dinner shot became incredibly popular. It consists of three liqueurs, a coffee liqueur, an orange liqueur, and a dash of Irish cream. So um, you need to layer this drink. Uh, Some bars will serve it flaming, and they'll call it a flaming uh, B-52, where the top layer is on fire. But I don't advise you trying this at home, all right? You layer the the liqueurs in this order. Half a fluid ounce of coffee-flavored liqueur, like Kahlua, let's say. Half a fluid uh, ounce of Irish cream, like Bailey's. And half a fluid ounce of Grand Marnier. And you layer it in that order. So I'm guessing you've tried this one, though. I have, buddy. I've uh, I've lived quite a life, Marco. And that life involved trying. (laughs) Yeah, I've had the B-52 many times. I don't care for it, if I'm being honest with you. Really? really, It's not blowing my mind. It's fine. You're you're drinking it wrong. How do you drink it? Do you just down it? Or do you take little sips until you finish that liqueur? The first liqueur, the second liqueur, the third liqueur. No, we we only had B-52 shots. I've never had the B-52 drink ever. Didn't even know it was a drink. No, no. You You could sip the shot so that you're not downing all in one. You could sip the top layer, sip the next layer and sip the last layer. Where I come from, Marco, if you okay. sip the shot, you got beat up pretty bad. That's how it was where I came from. <laughs> all right. All right. Different strokes. Okay. Number two, number two. All right. Where you kind of dipped your toe heavily in Quebec, my cocktails are dipping their toes heavily here in my city of Toronto. The Toronto cocktail. And this is an important cocktail for me to stress to my Canadian listeners, because here in Toronto, we do not drink this fantastic cocktail. I put it as number two on my list, because if you haven't had the Toronto cocktail, please find it, make it, ask your bartender for it. The origins of this cocktail, though, are a little bit in question, because 
It's uncertain if it was made in England or uh, if it was made here in Toronto in Prohibition and where they speculate that Italian populations brought one of the ingredients with them and therefore uh, the cocktail was created. Hold on, uh, hold on. You tell me yeah. that there were Italians doing illegal things during Prohibition? Listen, I'm not going to say anything about that, okay. illegal right. or okay. illegal, all right? Close, I'm just going to say I'm just yeah. going to say that you know, he's, he's touching his nose. He's touching his nose. Listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm touching it. I'm not bending it. All right. Here's the thing. There's Fernet Branca in this drink, right? And if this drink as is suggested was made in 1922, I doubt the Anglo Franco, uh, people of this country at that time were familiar with Fernet Branca and it would have been the Italians who brought this forward. So it's either that it did appear in a Robert Vermeer's uh, 1922 book when he first noted this cocktail as a favorite amongst Canadians in Toronto and hence the name of the Toronto cocktail. So it could be a drink from England that Canadians just seem to resonate with or Canadians of Toronto, Toronto origins as suggested in this book or one that was influenced by uh, Italians in this city. However, nonetheless, not enough Canadians know about this cocktail. Not enough people yeah. in my own 1922 city. 1922 may have been the last time they were drinking it in big numbers. We did an episode on it, so you can really dive in. But I will tell you the recipe for the Toronto cocktail includes two ounces of Canadian rye whiskey, a quarter ounce of the Fernet Branca, which I was mentioning, which is an Amaro, and a quarter ounce of simple syrup, Two dashes of Angostura bitters and an orange, orange twist for the garnish, and away you go. To hell. Yeah. On on on, on, on angels' wings. All right. <laughs> Our number one cocktail, probably the cocktail that most people know Canada for, is of course the Bloody Caesar. Mm-hmm. What I love about this cocktail, and the reason I put it on on top, is that it almost seems like you have to be Canadian to f- fully appreciate this because when you tell other people what's in it, they all make a face like it's disgusting. And it's one of those mm-hmm. things where it's like, maybe you just have to be born in this country to really appreciate the Clamato. That's right. Clam juice and tomato juice together with vodka, Worcestershire sauce and, uh, you know, lemon or lime celery stick. You garnish it how you want. It, it's Tabasco, or, Tabasco, have some respect. T- t- of course, Tabasco. Yes. Uh, salt, pepper, freshly grated ground pepper. This uh, cocktail was invented back in 1969 in the Calgary Inn by Wal- Walter Chell, who was uh, creating this drink to commemorate a new restaurant. And it was inspired uh, by his Italian up- upbringing. He wanted to do something that was like a clam pasta sauce, and he invented the Bloody Caesar. And it's so good. That's great. I, I, I There's nothing better for a hangover, in my opinion. Yeah. It's just got so much... So much replenishing stuff in it. Uh, and uh, respect to the Italians, huh? One I'm minute t- they're smuggling the Fernet, then yeah. they're inventing the uh, the Caesar. So good for there them. You go. And there and you respect go. to the city of Calgary that uh, has been putting, um, putting Canada on the map in its own special way. All right. Yeah. That's a fantastic list. I've Thank got you. five more things okay, to tell me. go through, and I'm going to go through them yeah. relatively quickly. Number Great. you know, And as I said, I'm trying to go across Canada here. Saskatoon Berries. Yes. And I feel like I know a lot about Saskatoon berries because my wife is from Saskatoon. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, when we go there, we'll bring back jams and jellies and this kind of stuff. But I really like Saskatoon berries. I love blueberries, but I like sure. Saskatoon berries even more for these 
jams and sauces. And there is a Saskatoon berry pie, well Ooh. known in that uh, that area and all of the prairies. It's got uh, it's got its the berry sweetness. It has almond flavor. I always yeah. mispronounce. Almond, almond, yeah, yeah, almond, almond, and it's a, uh, uh, it's a fantastic pie. Um, there are people who suggest it'll transform your life. Oh, wow. It started in the prairies, often served with vanilla ice cream, uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a great dessert. You can look that up if you're into pies. Look up a Saskatoon berry pie. Um, you know, you mentioned the Toronto cocktail. It, this is a sad fact. I'm not trying to be a Toronto hater. Oh, I'm just stating go. some facts here. There's no real cuisine from Toronto yet. There are hints of it. There's like a great food scene here. But you know how there's the Montreal bagels and the Nanaimo bar. There's no Toronto thing. So I was kind of excited. Oh, the Toronto cocktail. And then you said it hasn't even been celebrated by Torontonians. Um, There's actually something very interesting. Now, this is not... I'm still not sure if this is from Toronto itself. I, okay. we, we risked having nothing from Toronto and risked having nothing from Ontario, but the modern pizza, you know, you Italians take credit for the, for the pizza, obviously. Well, yeah, obviously. The Hawaiian pizza. Yes. Comes from Ontario, my friend. From Windsor, right? Is that where it yeah, is? I don't, I don't have that info. So it's a, it's a Greek man. Yep. Windsor, Chatham. Yep. Oh, look at that guy. So, uh, Sam Panopoulos. Yeah. Went to visit Naples, which good for him, huh? He didn't have to go back to Greece like uh, so many Listen. ethnic people just go to their place of origin. Sure, sure. he traveled and uh, he said, "I'm going to put pizza on the menu." Yes, and something weird happened in his life uh, where he said, "One of my pizzas is going to be ham and pineapple." Now, I personally, uh, if I find a bust of him somewhere at a garage sale, I will buy it. I want to have his bust in my. I, I appreciate the addition of the pineapple, okay. not with ham, not with ham, okay, but alongside um, jalapenos and pepperoni. What do you got against ham? Not a fan. Okay, it's, it's the it's most not mediocre. Your thing. It's not your thing. Okay. It's just okay. it's just so bland. Okay, but okay, it's not to have anything against ham. But listen, pineapple and ham, or pineapple. Yeah. And jalapeno and pepperoni. Listen, I'm on board. I'm I'm out of my mind right now. Sure. My mind yeah. is now drooling. The saltiness of the pepperoni, okay. the bite of the jalapeno, the okay. sweetness of the pineapple. It's insane. It's insane. It's crazy. It's a crazy thing. Uh, so Sam Panopoulos, wherever you are, if you continue to live, if your descendants continue to live, uh, full respect to you. One of our most controversial episodes was the pineapple on pizza episode that was the one we got a huge response from people people went (laughs) crazy and if you (laughs) want to know where i stand on it listen to that episode i won't tell you if i'm yay or nay the suspense the suspense go back i've got three more things okay Uh, two of them are drinks the last food item i wanted to give full respect to newfoundland oh yes i love newfoundland i've eaten so well there now mind you i've eaten at very you know top-notch restaurants including mallard cottage which i'll give a, a shout out to because you're wealthy and you like to spread it around. No, I'm uh, I'm broke from eating and drinking too much. <laughs> but one of the greatest uh, things you can have, one of the you know the quintessential comfort food in Newfoundland yes. is the Jigs dinner. Yes. Have you ever had a Jigs dinner? No, I've heard of a dig of a Jigs digger j- so- uh, Jigs dinner. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Dig it up, buddy. Yep. Dig it up. It's uh, it's an interesting thing, you know, that you find. 
uh, different ways that people make it. You will find different stories about, you know, where the name comes from. Somebody said that uh, you know, George McManus had a comic strip called Bringing Up Father, the main character in this comic strip. Um, was an Irish immigrant who was named Jiggs and he was living in America. That was the, that was the, the you know, this famous character that, that made this, uh, you know, put this uh, dinner on the map. You know, other Jiggs. people said Jiggs. Yes, Marmaduke, I, Garfield, I, Jiggs. I get it. <laughs> Beetle Bailey, Jiggs. Um, another thing I there's these barrels called Jiggs barrels and they used to get meat in these barrels. And so the, the barrels were, you know, Jiggs, you'd get salted meat in these barrels. So he's named after the barrels, whatever the origins might be, okay. you know, at the end of the day, what you're looking at is a very, very, uh, down home, soul satisfying, um, feel good meal. Yum. You know, this is, this is true comfort food and yeah. what you have typically. And if anybody's Newfoundland, they're going to be like, you forgot this, you forgot that. It's again, every 30, 40 kilometers, the, the recipe changes, but it's basically like a boiled beef or a corned beef. It is some turnip, some potato, some lentils, carrot, and it is a, a you know, usually some dumplings as well on that plate. And it's, uh, it's just stick to your ribs sort of, you know, um, comfort food. And it's, uh, it's pretty impressive to see how it's made. Now, personally, I'm always reaching for a little bit of Tabasco sure. on it, uh, or, or sometimes people will have pickles or, or pickled beets. I find that to be a very, um, interesting addition on top of these sort of boiled foods, boiled right. and salted foods, but I do love a jigs dinner and the, it's it's salt beef, it's split peas, and it's root vegetables. That's basically what they are. They're all boiled together. And some people say that boiled water that has the salty beef flavor in it is, is a great a exfoliant. Uh, hangover cure. Oh, I see. Okay. Exfoliant from the inside. My I see. Friend. I see. I see. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and everything you know, butters added to the lentils Yum. and the mashed. So it's it's really uh, home style stuff. So look up a jigs dinner, uh, create your own. You know, if you're you don't have access to a, a wonderful uh, Newfoundland mother or grandmother who will sit you down in her home and, and and make one for you, I plan to find one in the next few weeks Yum. in Newfoundland. Last two things, okay, are our drinks. One is uh, the London Fog. You're familiar with the London Is that Canadian? So it is apparently uh, from the Pacific Northwest or Canada's uh, West Coast. They have a different name for it. It's called the Early Grey Latte, the Early Grey Latte, or the Vanilla Tea Misto or the Vancouver Fog. Okay. Which, you know, Vancouver... Don't don't compare yourself to someplace as miserable as London. Right. the London Fog is a drink, and this is important. It's Earl Grey. Yes. Uh, a little bit of vanilla. Yes. Uh, sometimes a sprig of la- lavender, but most importantly, steamed milk. Steamed milk is critical. Um, so it is a, you know, it, and, and the reason that it has that name of London Fog is because it turns this color of a foggy London afternoon, thick, white, gray color. It. But, and but it is uh, known as a perfect warm and comforting drink for a cold uh, Canadian day or night. But I'm confused. So 
Is the London Fog as I know it a Canadian drink? Or Buddy, I it... don't know that, but it is okay. drank here. It is okay. celebrated here. And it's okay. uh, it's something that I find more and more across this country. The origins of the London Fog, we can look up as we... Uh... Okay, sure. You That clacking you hear is Ali furiously fog. typing away, looking up okay. the origins of the London Fog. Listen, I love a London I Fog. Don't get me wrong. Something. Yeah, tell yeah? me. Tell well, me. well, well then, me. buckle in, baby. Okay, let me. It was yeah, invented that's... in Vancouver, Canada, in the Thank 1990s by Mary Loria. Loria was pregnant at the time. Thank goodness. Frequented a cafe that didn't have, uh, you know, she couldn't have drinks, so she basically uh, invented the drink uh, by ordering it a certain way. Can you just give me an old gray? And then it, it was, uh, yeah. Mary, I a take my hat off to you. That's who was amazing. a customer. Invented this drink, not a bartender. I love it. Not a not a tea barista. And then finally, yes, this is quick. Okay, but the final the final thing, the final Canadian food and beverage that um, that is near and dear to my heart is uh, is Canadian beer. Oh. Our proudly five percent and higher percentage beer uh, that we typically know how to ca- know how to handle. If I can compare ourselves to the Bostonians who would come up and visit, uh, Montreal every weekend, we can handle our, our, our beer and, and we like it. And I don't actually like a lot of the mainstream Canadian beers, Okay, but I do like, I do like the cut of our jib when it comes to beers. I'll take a Canadian okay. beer over an American beer. There you go. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but that's, that's so true. I mean, for the longest time, Canadian beer was the, you know, was the beer that you saw, you know, in taps. If you wanted a premium beer in the U.S., I saw it in Europe, too. People have a lot of respect for our beer. Strong, clean, crisp, much like our country. Nice, yeah. Marco. Way to, way to nail it in the, uh, I was going to say coffin. Is yeah. Canada dying? No. no uh, way to... Uh, Way to nail it at the end of the episode. Thank you. I uh, I want to wish everybody a, a very happy Canada Day. Um, I hope you're having a great time with people you love and, and uh, staying safe, but eating and drinking very well. I'm Ali Hassan. I'm Marco Timpano. Have a great weekend, everyone. 